Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome to Sports Beat After Hours. I am your host, Hamahimuli Jr. It's bowl season, baby. Joining me on the ones and twos, the local lovable Canuck himself, Zach Hicken. Howdy, partner. What up? I'm taking the uh, <laughs> the Texas uh, the Texas side of things. We got the Aggies <laughs> and the Utes are headed down to Texas. You know, things are bigger down in Texas. Things are bigger down in Texas. The football fields are bigger. The food is bigger. <laughs> The onion rings are bigger. They're bigger. Uh, no, um, we uh, we found out where all of the teams are, I guess in BYU's case, who the opponents are for the bowl season, and uh, looking forward to that. Um, but first, I want to mention, we're Sportsbeat After Hours. We are brought to you by kslsports.com. Check out kslsports.com for all of your... Um, Needs in terms of sports. I mean, if you're trying to you need to consume, get up for the big game. Yeah, if you're trying to get up for the big game, that's where you got to go. That's where you got to go. That's where you got to go. We got BYU, Utah, Utah State, Weber State. They're still fighting, clawing away in the FCS playoffs. Great, great, great. We got Jazz coverage. The Jazz with a great win last night over Memphis. Uh, things are. I think that they're. They they adjusted the rotation a little bit. Things are looking good. They they actually looked happy for like the first time in like six games. It's because they were killing it. Yeah, and uh, it helps when you're playing Memphis. And to be fair, they were a John Morantless Memphis. Yeah, but you know we'll take it. No, we'll we'll take anyone we can get right now because they are few and far between. Yes, sir. We need some doves, baby. We need some doves. Um, but yeah, let's talk about uh the exact bowl destinations for the. Utes, Cougies, and Aggies. Um, Utah headed to the Alamo Bowl. Mm -hmm. And we play in Texas. A college football blue blood. Um, One of the most iconic programs in college football history. Not great this year, 7-5, but they do have an electric quarterback. Sam Ellinger Mm -hmm. is great. Um, It's going to be a nice challenge for that Utah secondary. Kind of disappointing to, you know, be an 11-win team. 
be left out of the college football playoff or even out of the I guess the college football playoff was out of the question mm-hmm. in this case after the loss. But, you know, they were one spot out from going to the Cotton Bowl. Um, they fell seven spots. Yeah. And, um, or excuse me, six spots and seven in the AP poll, six in the, in the college football playoff ranking. Mm-hmm. If they don't get, if they stay above Penn State, they get that number 10 seed. They're playing Memphis in the Cotton Bowl. And all of a sudden, this doesn't seem so disappointing. But now they're going to the Alamo Bowl, which does have good history, and it's not—it's not bad. No, it's—it's yeah. it's not bad. Like RG three's played in it. Um, like yeah. a top eight Colorado played in it in a few years ago. There's been some really good games that have happened there. But when you look at the context of everything, like right, it's the it context. is kind of disappointing. They're playing an unranked team. Yeah, I would have liked to see them play Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Um. It would have been cool to see like Zach Moss and Chuba Hubbard like go head to head, two of the best running backs in the country. See who gets the most yards. Yeah, so um, you know, it not all is lost. I think they're going to get a win. They're going to be able to get to that twelfth win. Yeah, Um, it's going to be a nice way to send off these seniors Mm -hmm. on a high note after a very disappointing appearance in the Pac-12 championship game. And um, plus, you know what, Texas has Whataburger. San Antonio is like a really good food scene. Yeah, man. I I was just gonna say like a couple things. Like my my parents Stanford was in the Alamo Bowl a couple years ago. And yeah, my parents went. They loved it. Riverwalk's beautiful. Lots of places to eat. You know, and San Antonio's like not. It's not Buffalo, New York. You know right. what I'm saying? So that's that's a good thing. Plus, they got a lot of swag over there. Like the players will get hooked up. They have some good player bags over there so you know it's not all bad for the youths yeah like there are so many components that go into like your bowl game number one is opponent yeah like you want a good opponent number two you want a good destination number three is you want good swag like sure you want like a nice ogo bag you want like some gift cards to best buy or something you know and if i recall correctly they're gonna get um ipads and yeah. beats. I think that's what my brother got. Yeah, like that's awesome. Mobile. Like I remember um the Las Vegas Bowl when it was sponsored by Vizio, like gave everyone like a thirty two or forty two yeah. inch like flat screen TV. Like that's pretty dope. Yeah. Stuff. Um you you want good swag. Yeah. Um so hopefully, you know, it makes it worth it. It's still a pretty big in terms of like the second tier bowl games, it's one of the bigger second tier bowl games yeah. outside of the New Year's six. So you know, at least they didn't end up in the Holiday Bowl or, you know, the Sun yeah. Bowl or the Red Box Bowl or, you know, anything else right. that they could have been in. Um, and by the way, a Utah team going to Texas to play Texas, you love to see it. Yeah, you love to see it. Historically, it's been good for yeah. us. So, you know, they'll they'll enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to see the jump part two, the leap part two. Tyler Huntley's <laughs> going to leap over some Texas defender. Yeah. Uh, I know that was... Uh, pretty much sacrilegious for any BYU fans (laughs) out there. So let's actually turn the page to BYU. Let's go. BYU is uh, headed to Hawaii Mm -hmm. facing the Rainbow Warriors. We talked about today some of the most iconic moments in this rivalry. Uh There's a lot of them. Like the 1984 um, season was saved. Yep. Kyle Um, Morrell. Yeah. Kyle Morrell with the tackle on the goal line, diving over the center. Beautifully timed tackle. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there's just so many, so many. Like Ty the, Detmer the, playing his first, yeah, snaps, yeah, against Hawaii, yeah. Um, 
BYU getting beat by Hawaii right after <laughs> they found out that Ty won the Heisman, yeah. losing that game in 2001, um, getting knocked out of BCS Bowl contention. Well, I guess they were pretty much out. They were told that they weren't going to go, but yeah, um, yeah, you know, it's been highs and lows. A lot it's, of highs recently. Sure. Like last time that they played out there was in 2017. Um, BYU won pretty handily, if I remember correctly. Riley Burt rushed for like 100 plus yards. Yeah, that's right. Um, after Squally Canada got hurt against, I think it was UNLV. Um, that's like the Riley Burt game was mm-hmm. BYU against Hawaii, and then last year that was Zach Wilson's first start at home against Hawaii. It was after the Utah State loss. Mm-hmm. Um. He kind of lit it up, and I, I, Hawaii was in the Mountain West Championship game, but I don't think that the Mountain West was pretty down this year, yeah. Especially that West Division, um, they did beat San Diego State, so, but San Diego State, you know, Hawaii doesn't have the same caliber defense. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be a good game. I think the BYU is going to get it done. Um, I'm, I'm expecting good things yeah. for that Hawaii trip. Plus, it's freaking hawaii yeah like December. i'm i'm very jealous like yeah kalani made the point like i love the fact that we get to go to hawaii it's like my favorite place in the world like i'm not sad about this yeah so yeah it'll be good a lot a lot of exciting things for the cookies to look forward to there it's it's a good bowl game to get things to to wrap things up for 2019 and to look forward for 2020 it's been an awful um, I mean, I use disappointing. It's not as disappointing as like Utah's loss at the end of the year, but like this, this year's been kind of underwhelming. I think was what you could say. Yeah, and they have three losses that you look back at them and you question how it happened. Mm-hmm. Should they have had those losses? Probably not. And realistically, they they should have. They probably should be seeking double digit wins at this point of the season. So that's what's disappointing about it is. They just kind of let things slip out of their grasp. Yeah. But, you know, they had some good wins. They had wins that we didn't expect that they would have. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And, yeah. and you know what? It's it's something to build up on, and I can't think of a better place to do it than in Hawaii. Well, and the most important thing, too, with these games, um, this is a great way to get, like, a head start on getting ready for, like, spring football mm-hmm. and the next year because you get 15 practices. You're getting a lot of these younger guys are getting a lot of run. Mm-hmm. Um uh, it's a chance for, you know, it's a chance to get one last game with the seniors, game 14 for the Utes, game 13 for BYU and Utah State. But it's those 15 practices go a long way, and yeah. that's the most important thing. It It's a reward for a successful season, and it helps you for the year after that, you mm-hmm. know. And that's going to be the case with Utah State. They're heading down to the Frisco Bowl. It's the tropi- or Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. Oh, really? In Frisco, Texas. <laughs> um, they're playing Kent State. At Toyota Park. At Toyota. I think it's called Toyota Stadium. I think or is it's it Toyota Park. I think it's Toyota Park. So it's I'm an MLS wrong. stadium. It's yeah, where it's FC Dallas plays. Stadium. Only seats about 17,000, which, you know, I don't hate that for a bowl game because no. a lot of these bowl games, you know, they're like I was at the Albuquerque Bowl last year and I think they had about 10,000 people there because mm-hmm. um, they were playing North Texas. North Texas actually traveled really well. But I think it would be nice to, you know, kind of play in a little bit smaller venue. Yeah. It's a little bit more intimate, and it looks better on TV, to be completely honest, you know? Yep. And it is a beautiful stadium. Like, it'll look good. Um, 
And Kent State's like nothing to really scoff at. Like, I mean, sure, seven and four, I think. Yeah, and um, I just looked this up. I think if I remember correctly, because I already forgot because it's super late. Uh, guess who played at Kent State? Uh, Julian Edelman did right. Oh, did he? So it's not Julian Edelman you're thinking of. No, uh, I. I didn't know Julian Edelman played at Kent was State. Was it Dree Archer? <laughs> I have no idea who that is. Uh, I was thinking about Nick Saban. Oh, yeah, really? Nick Saban played at Kent State. I'm not quite sure what his position was. But... He was a, I think he was a defensive back in college because okay. he was like a safeties coach when he was coming up. Um, okay, interesting. But anyways, yeah, a lot of notable alumni played at Kent State. So you know, Utah hey. State has a pretty good opponent. So Dree Archer was like really good. He um, it was like 2012. He was like a so he was the third overall pick in the 2014 draft. Oh wow! He was drafted by the Steelers, but like he, his NFL career never really took off. But he was like really, really good at Kent State. Like I, I think he was. Yeah, he was a consensus All American. Okay. Yeah. So th- that was like the second guy I was thinking of. So like Edelman was the first. I didn't know that about Saban. So. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, um, so it'll be cool. A good, uh, you know, interesting for the for the. Wonder Aggies. how much of his money that he's, of uh, the money he makes from Alabama, <laughs> he like pours into Kent State's Zero. program. <laughs> no, just, I don't. Do know. Do you think they ever call him for like alumni donations? They're like, please. I still get I still get calls from, from BYU from BYU, and they're like, "Hey, would you like to donate?" And I'm like, I always tell because I feel bad <laughs> saying no. Yeah. So what I do is I say, uh, you know, why don't you just like. Could you tell me like a website that I could go to to down to like donate because I don't have a credit card with me right now? Like, do you have a Venmo? Yeah. Well, they have like a website that you can donate to. Yeah, that's funny. And so I just always ask for that website, like the URL. Okay. And then, so that way they stop calling. <laughs> um, my my least favorite. When you were in school, did they ever have like a uh, student to student giving initiative? Yeah. I hated that. It always yeah. made me feel so awkward because like. Do you feel that you could give to a student need like like I wasn't wealthy by any means? Yeah. But like I was probably better off than a lot of other students. Yeah. Like I wasn't like living paycheck to paycheck. I had like a nice home. Yeah. Well, and they, it was cuz my wife was making bank, <laughs> but No, it's like cuz I was getting those things like after I graduated. I'm like, yeah. guys, I haven't gotten a job yet. Like, yeah. Give me time. Yeah. So, yeah, the student-to-student thing, like, I always felt bad because, like, we had... So, like, we bought a home when we were 20. Okay. Um, Like, what, or we were 20... Or, sorry, I was 20. My wife was 21. Um, And then I was, like, driving, like, a fairly nice, like, car. Uh-huh. And so I kind of felt bad about it. Like, I felt guilty. <laughs> but, like, at the same time, like, we didn't have extra money Yeah. to just throw sure. a couple hundred bucks to a, a student in need or anything. It was like paying someone else's tuition. Yes. You know, like I'm worried about paying my own tuition. <laughs> For sure. Like still you're still paying Still got student loans to pay. I was paying student loans while I was in college. Yeah. Because, yeah, I'm not going to get into that, but yeah. I was still paying student loans though. when I was in college. But anyway, that was a really random tangent. <laughs> um, but yeah, Utah State, Kent State, Frisco, Frisco Bowl. What is it called? Is it the, the Frisco? The Tropical Smoothie Tropical Cafe Smoothie. Frisco Bowl. <laughs> okay. At the home of FC Dallas, the Toyota MLS Stadium, 
whatever it is yeah. toyota center toyota area arena i don't know anyway um you know what something i do know what is that i am a huge fan of the mandalorian and um we want to talk the first couple episodes uh i know we keep saying that we're gonna get mac late on Matt was so busy this week and he didn't have a chance to watch episode five yet, but he did promise that he is going to come on this week, um, next week to watch it. But, uh, we're going to talk to you about why, uh, Hema thinks that baby Yoda is overrated. Kill him. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Hemma, what do you have against Baby Yoda? I hate his, I hate his little eyes. I hate his big old ears. I hate his little force-using fingers. Um, I hate the way he eats frogs. <laughs> so okay. you're out on Baby Yoda. No, I love Baby Yoda. Okay, I think he's the best. Um, he, he is the best. I, I want like a real life Baby Yoda. I think, like, okay, Disney had to have done that on purpose, right? I mean, every make Disney, him so cute or what? Yes, exactly. Okay. Like every Disney movie has like a cute thing that they can turn into a stuffed animal and sell, right? And for the Mandalorian, it's Baby Yoda. Well, they weren't on... Well, I don't know if they were trying to keep it a surprise, but they weren't on top of it. Like, what do you mean? There isn't stuff to buy. Sure. Not yet. Yeah. I ordered a, a toy Baby Yoda. I really did. I ordered one for my desk here at work. It was one of those stupid Funko Pop things. Okay. Yeah. I see people with them all the time. I think they're the dumbest thing. <laughs> but then I heard that they were coming out with a Baby Yoda one. I had to get it. Yeah. So I ordered one. It's not coming till May. So the thing... Yeah, that's the thing is like... Okay, so I think Disney manufactured Baby Yoda to look cute so that people will want to buy stuff from Baby Yoda. But The Mandalorian came out end of November. Yeah. Like, don't you think they would have planned ahead to sell stuff for Christmas? That's the thing. I don't understand what they're thinking yeah, with they, this. Or maybe they, they didn't. My son, I, I mentioned this last podcast, my son loves Baby Yoda. He would love a stuffed Baby Yoda. Yeah. Okay, and, and I know we're going off on a tangent, not even talking about The Mandalorian, but Disney Plus, I think since it was brand new um if you've looked at it and you're like a disney fan and i'm not saying i'm a disney fan but i've seen a lot of disney movies half of them aren't on there because they're on other streaming websites right they have yeah they're making their way back though slowly yeah right and so i wonder if they were like wondering if disney plus would be a smash enough for mandalorian to have enough popularity to be able to sell a baby Yoda. so that's why they haven't manufactured them in mass for Christmas. They have a pretty cool shirt that says uh, Precious Cargo, and it's like a pocket shirt, and yeah. it has Baby Yoda in the pocket. That's pretty good. I think I want it. They so, have a pop socket that has Baby Yoda on it. Maybe we'll get some for Christmas from yeah. KSL. <laughs> um, so, the, okay. So, we're, if you've seen Mandalorian, I mean, if you've been on Twitter, you know about Baby Yoda, right? Everyone knows about Baby Yoda. If you've gotten on the internet. Right. So I think it's safe to say that we can kind of skip the part of, like, who Baby Yoda is. Everyone knows who he is, right? 
But that's the thing. We really don't know who Baby okay. Yoda is. We, I'm sorry. We, is we he know. a clone of Yoda? Is he an offspring of Yoda? We know who he is. We don't know what he is exactly like, yet. How does Yoda reproduce? Can he reproduce on his own? Does he lay eggs? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm wondering. <laughs> right. Like, is he a seahorse? And he, it's like, the, the male can carry, carry the egg, <laughs> you know, and give birth. Yeah. Or are they, like, spiders where, like, the female eats the male Yoda? Is after... that what happened to Yaddle? <laughs> Maybe. Yaddle disappeared after right. episode one. Right. <laughs> um So what so the Mandalorian obviously loves baby Yodes. But here's the thing. I don't know he has a soft spot for baby Yoda, but at the same time, like, why does he keep wanting to get rid of him if he loves him? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like every episode ends with, Oh, I'm gonna leave baby Yoda with this group of people and oh nope, never mind because people are gonna try and take him or kill him. Right. Okay, so let's start there, right? So that's episode three. Episode four. Okay. So episode three was uh where he takes him back to um Oh yeah, and then he changes his mind. The, yeah, the bounty hunters and goes and shoots up the place with yeah. the with the stormtroopers. Um, and then episode four was where they go to the sanctuary and he was gonna leave him there. So But then yeah. The shrimp farms. Yeah, the shrimp farm. By the way, yeah, have you been to Hawaii? I've no, I haven't. Okay. So, if you ever make it to Hawaii, you ever go to the North Shore, um, it looks like the sanctuary. Oh, cool. There's a stretch of, of of farms out there that are shrimp farms. In fact, if you go to Kuku, there's like shrimp trucks. Oh, and interesting. They're, they're really famous and popular, and they get their shrimp from these shrimp farms. And it looks just like the sanctuary, where there's like oh, these cool. pools in like grassy, mossy areas that are full of shrimp. It's wild. But anyways... Uh, that's that's what it reminded me of when sh- when episode four opened and there mm-hmm. they are farming shrimp. I'm like, oh my gosh, this looks just like the North Shore. And um, even the people there kind of look like medium Hawaiian. Like the, I thought so. The the um, widow that likes the Mandalorian, yeah. I thought she looked Hawaiian ish. Um, when you first said, I thought you were gonna say hot. Oh, I thought she looked hot, and I was like, "Hema, she's hot for a for a widow." <laughs> I don't know. All right, um, but yeah, they the Mandalorian helps the people like um, run out these like pirates. That kind yeah, of they they had raiders them. that were like going in and raiding their village, and yeah, he helps them. And the really weird that they had an ATST. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, so at this part of the of the story of the Mandalorian, it's like a certain amount of years after the five fall. years. Is it five years? Yeah, exactly. Five years. After yeah. the fall of the second Death Star, is that what it is? Yep. Okay. And so, wow, five years isn't a lot of time, nope. but I guess it's enough time for them to sell Empire weapons that, like, you know, after yeah. the fallen Empire. So that's probably how they got it. Yeah. Um. But. Didn't this episode where they like they have to like band together to help this community fight off the raiders had like a very like magnificent seven feel to it? Yeah, which is really seven samurai. Oh yeah. So did you know that Magnificent Seven so is a remake of Seven Samurai? It's uh Kira Kurosawa or whatever whatever his name is, that Japanese director. Yeah. I've never seen it, but I've heard of it. So it's a I, long I movie. It's like three and a half hours long. Ugh. But, yeah, Magnificent Seven. So, yeah, um, it kind of had that feel. Yeah. And I know, like, a lot of people kind of felt that way because, obviously, this is a Western. Right. Star Wars is a Western. But I, 
Did you see the guy on Twitter that was like really upset that people were saying that it was a Western? He's like, Westerns are really s- stealing from Japanese cinematography. Oh, I didn't, I didn't yeah. see that, but I've heard that argument before. It was pretty, it was kind of funny because it was really random and weird. Yeah. Um, I think it, I mean, anyone that's into Star Wars knows about George Lucas's like, um, his influences like the the directors and like genres that he liked and mm-hmm. incorporated into star wars like you mentioned samurai movies um are part of it and so are like western movies and so are space operas like flash gordon or whatever and mm-hmm. I, I think any star wars fan knows about this stuff and how yeah. they combine it all what i think is interesting is that you can kind of see it coming to fruition in 2019 through the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. right? And I feel like each episode has been kind of like a different genre, right? Yeah. So you got the first episode, which is like purely Western, you know, like the searchers or whatever, where it's like wide open lens shots of like mountains or whatever. But right. Then, and then you get like to the third episode, what like you said, where it's like one of those shoot 'em up Westerns. Like, mm-hmm. like, um, what's the one from, um, I was going to say, it reminded me of Tombstone. Yeah, Tombstone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. That's a great, that's a great, where they actually march back to, you know, where they came from, shot yeah. everything up. And then this episode has the Magnificent Seven, or what did you say, Seven, seven Samurai? Seven Samurai. Yeah, feel to it. Um, do you have any guesses of, like, what the next episode's going to be like? Like, So, episode five, um, skipping ahead... They end up back on Tatooine. Like, this episode was just awesome, episode five. Yeah. And sorry, this is going to be spoilers, spoilers for episode five. Um, but episode five, they end up back on Tatooine. Um, and it was pretty cool because they they had so many Easter eggs. Like, yeah. the Mandalorian saying that um, the the bounty hunter or the, the assassin that they were hunting had the high ground. Right. It's, um, it's, it's like... Uh callbacks right that, yeah the moss Eisley cantina and where greedo and han like who shot first yeah. like they sat at that exact table sure that droid so, is serving drinks like, yeah it was yeah. pretty cool and so um like it's one of the most iconic like moss Eisley is one of the most iconic scenes in all of star wars like every anyone yeah. who has seen star wars like knows it so it's kind of cool to kind of harken back to the original trilogy but like also have like some stuff with the prequel mm-hmm. um but what i thought was interesting was at the end of the episode after the assassin gets killed obviously mando goes back sees her he goes back has mm-hmm. the whole shootout but someone comes across the assassin's body we only see footsteps walking who, up yeah we don't know who it was now here's a theory that i have okay let's hear it um five years before all this happened there was another bounty hunter on Tatooine. Oh, sure. And he got uh, stuck in, what was it, the Tarlac pit? Uh, yeah. Sarlacc? Sarlacc pit. Anyway. Got swallowed but up, but you don't see him die. It's canon that he's still alive. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, I'm talking about Jango Fett. Jango Fett's still alive. Okay. And he could possibly still be on Tatooine for the last five years. I'm wondering if maybe... Oh, no, Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, you said Jango. Sorry. Django Fett's the dad? Yeah. Oh. Django okay. Fett got his head cut off. Django Fett got his head cut Okay. So it was Boba Fett. Right, right, right. Okay. So that's my theory is that it's, that it's Boba, Boba Fett. Fett. Dude, that'd be so crazy. That'd be pretty cool. Um, 
That'd be so cool. And now, so I haven't... Because neither of them are really true Mandalorians. That's the thing that neither Mando or Boba Fett are true Mandalorians. That's true. And so I wonder if that would be something that kind of plays into it a little bit. And it's interesting you say that because um, Boba Fett is Mandalorian by blood, but not by birth, if that makes sense. Because, like, he wasn't born, right? Yes, he's he a clone. cloned. Um, so that means, like, if, if, if Mando is... Like, word on the street is that he was, like, adopted into the Mandalorian um, culture, and that's kind of why he's so strict. Like, that's why he wouldn't take his helmet off in the sanctuary. Like, that's Mm -hmm. why he wouldn't do all these certain things. That would be really interesting to have Boba come back and for those two to, like, comment on, um, you know, identity, like, who you are. Like, who you are is who you think you are, Mm -hmm. right? And it doesn't matter if it's if people perceive you otherwise, like how people perceive like Boba Fett isn't a real Mandalorian or my, or Mando wouldn't be a real Mandalorian. Like, right. They're both. Yeah. That'd be really interesting if that happened. Um, but what I was, I was curious about, like, you know, before we started talking about five is like, did you see any like influences in the way that episode five was shot? Like to some kind of other movie or genre or something? Mm. I couldn't really think of anything off the top of my head, but there is like a really good plot twist in it, you know? Yeah, the whole... there was a good plot twist. Um, I don't know. I thought, no, I was going to say maybe like a little bit of like a buddy cop movie, but like it was too dark. Oh, there sure. wasn't enough humor for that. Like when the two are looking for the bounty yeah. girl originally. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It like, did have a buddy cop vibe, but I know it's like not a buddy cop thing. But right, it was too dark for that. Like I felt like I don't know, maybe um, Nick Nolte's character, which iconic or ironically, you know, Nick Nolte was in Forty Eight Hours with Eddie Murphy, which is a pretty iconic, <laughs> yeah, um, like buddy, buddy cop, cop movie. But I don't know. I I don't really know. I can't really pin yeah. down any specific influences for. This episode, I think that it was just more of a harken back to like Star Wars itself, like fan service. Right? Yeah, I think that's what it was, and that's maybe where it got more of its influence from. I mean, we 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 know like you know, Sanctuary Sanctuary was um, directed by uh, what's her face? You said her name last pod. Um, oh yeah, Ron, Ron Howard's daughter. Uh, what is her name? Bryce Dallas Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, this director I didn't recognize, so I have no idea what. I think he's he did uh, one of the earlier um, oh, episodes of the episodes? show. I can't remember what his name is, but I okay. remember hearing someone mention that. But yeah, it's um, I don't know. I it was kind of a slower episode. I think that we're getting to the point where things are going to start to pick up again. I hope so. I hope the episodes also get longer because I feel like there's a lot of ground to cover. Yeah, because they've asked, they've made us ask a lot of questions, and they haven't really answered. Yeah, any of them really. Yeah, like, we don't know where Baby Yoda's from. Still, we don't. We haven't seen Mando yet. We still don't know where they're actually going. Right. And and then you got the new guy with his footprint, uh, footsteps, or whatever the shot of his feet. Yeah. Like who was he? Like we don't know. Yeah. So there's still a lot of questions to be answered, and it'll be episode six this week. Yeah. And there's like eight or nine episodes. Total. There's nine. Yeah. Like that's crazy. Like it's so we're two thirds of the way through almost. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. 
Um, anything else you want to say about Mando? I'm excited. No, you know what? I do want to delve into Star Wars a little bit because okay. I've been going through rewatching the prequel trilogy. I have too. And so we've been having some conversations. Yeah. I don't think the prequel trilogy are, are as bad as people think they are. What's bad is the CGI. Yes. The okay. CGI is so bad. <laughs> and we talked about this yeah. like before we came up. But I what I'd really like to see Disney do is like pour like a billion dollars into yeah. Star Wars and redo the CGI. Like you have the stock footage of like the green screen stuff. I, I assume. Like right. I imagine like anything from like nineteen eighty on, like they oh, have like all the original tapes. Like it's in a Absolutely. vault. Go back and just re-render everything. Like everything. E- like the aliens, the the animals, the cities, like all of it just looks so bad. It's so dated. And it was cutting edge in 1999 and 2002 and 2005 like it looked really good but now it's just it's horrible like, it's like the comparison i make is that if any of you have disney plus or if you have the original toy story watch that yeah that's exactly the original what it's like. toy story is not from a story standpoint but no. from like a graphic standpoint is so dated it's garbage it's so bad i'd really 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 like to see them go back and fix this for star wars for sure and i don't care how much money it costs. Yeah. Like, Disney has so much money. Yeah. Oh, they print their own money. Yeah. It doesn't even matter. Like... Okay, so is that your biggest nitpick is the CGI? I, I think... The acting's pretty bad, too. Yeah. You can't fix um, that. Unless they You can't fix it. that, but what is fixable... I don't even know that they need to cut out Jar Jar. Okay. Well, yeah, you He you serves can't. a purpose. Yeah. Like, he was a pawn in the Emperor's plan, you For know? Sure. He was a pawn in Palpatine's plan, but... Something that they can fix is the CGI. Like, yeah, I remember thinking Yoda like looked so real when it first came out. Like and the now original you go, trilogy or the the prequel neutral, trilogy, okay. like when he's fighting Count Dooku. Yeah, okay. but it does not look real at no, all. Not in the bad. least bit. Like it's pretty bad. Even like what's even worse, I think, are like the cut-ins with the original. Like like when Han's talking to Boba Fett, or not Boba Fett, sorry, um, Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. And he, like, steps on his tail or whatever. Yeah. Like, Han next to Boa Fett. Uh, why do I keep saying Boa Fett? Han sitting next to Jabba looks so bad. Yeah. Because Han looks like Han and Jabba looks like a freaking smooth, just it's awful CGI. Yeah. yeah. Um, They also need to fix Han shooting. Yeah, I don't, that's the thing that has also bothered me is, like, I I know I'm advocating to go back and fix stuff. But, like, don't do what George Lucas did and ruin it. Because right. he ruined, the original like, this trilogy. legacy of, like, what the original trilogy was because he went back and, like, put in all these things and even changed the plot. Right. With hand hand shot first. Right. We all know that. Yeah. And it's And it's, they need to go back and fix that somehow. I like, know. I would love if Disney Plus gave an option to view the original trilogy the way it was originally directed, like, how it debuted Ooh. in theaters. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. In fact, I don't even think, like, how would you even find that? Like, you can't, unless you live, like, next to an old VHS, like, movie store. No, you can't find it. You can't find them anywhere. Yeah. And so, I don't even have a VCR anymore. We mentioned last podcast, I don't even have a DVD player. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I I would love to see those fixes be made. You're right. I, I bet they're on YouTube somewhere. Yeah. I guarantee someone has them on YouTube. They're on Pirate Bay somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I think that's all I have, though. Okay. I just wanted to get up on my soapbox and just kind of sure. complain about that. Um, yeah, the prequel trilogies are better than people think. The one thing I'm actually bad. really excited to revisit, I haven't seen episode eight since I thought, saw it in theater. That's true. That's the only it's Star Wars on movie that Plus I haven't yet. rewatched. It's not on Disney Plus yet, which is interesting. Yeah, it's elsewhere. I think it's on Netflix. Is it on Netflix? Okay. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it, though. Oh. I. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I also wanted to share with you. I didn't. I don't think I've told you this yet. I've started listening to some of the legends, like canon. I know it's not canon anymore since Disney bought Star Wars, but I've been listening to the um, Heir to the Empire trilogy. Have oh, you heard cool. of that one? I haven't. That's like the Thrawn series that everyone talks about, and I'm in the first book. Um, it's really good so far, but I can see how it's not canon because. Yeah. Like, in the books, like, Leia's pregnant with twins. Right. And we st- we still don't know until episode nine comes out if she had twins. Or yeah. Or if she just had Ben Solo, you know. So, um, but anyways, that's that's a different perspective that I'm, I've been enjoying while waiting for the new Star Wars to come out. So, what episode are you on in your rewatch of the old movies? Um, Anakin just got cut in half. Okay. Episode three, so. Okay. Um... Yeah. Like, have you been going in order? Like, yeah, I, you know what? I actually, last time I did it, I did like the butcher order where you watch like four, five, one, two, three. Okay. And then come back to six. I did that before seven came out. Okay. Um, and that was the last time I watched, rewatched all six gotcha. original and prequel trilogy. Um, but yeah. I'm going to watch all eight. And then, and then I think I'm, what I'm actually going to do is probably watch Solo next. And then Rogue One. Okay. And then go four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay. Interesting. So yeah. I did the whole, uh, I did like the uh, chronological slash, um, what, would, what would it be called when it's in order? Like, in release order? order? There, it's, yeah, the release order, chronological order, like hybrid, where you watch uh, four, five, six, then you go one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, okay. And then you do, sorry. Um, one, two, three, solo, four, five, six, or sorry, Rogue One, four, five, six, right? Where does Hans, uh, you do, so it goes solo Rogue One. So you do, basically you do a four, five, six, and then you go chronological. Gotcha. Uh, and I can't think right now. My mind's all hazy. So but. one, two, three, solo, Rogue One, yes. four, five, five six, six, seven, eight. Seven, eight. Okay. Yeah. And that's what I've been doing. So I'm cool. on, I've already did the the original three and I'm back um, just finishing the second um, viewing of Empire Strikes Back. Oh, cool. So um, then I have to do Return of the Jedi again and then start the the new ones. Cool. Um, But yeah, I'm so excited for the new Star Wars. Yeah, I am too. I, uh, the Mandalorians brought me hope. So, um, but, um, I guess, uh, Mando help me, Mando. You're my only hope. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to take this out with that. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening to Sportsbeat After Hours. Um, thank you for listening and spending all this time with us. Um, remember to check out all our other podcasts at kslsports.com. For Sportsbeat After Hours, I'm Hemi Miller Jr. He's Zachary Hicken. Good night, everybody. I've spoken. <laughs>